Fix Radio is the official podcast of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, where brothers engage in provocative discussions on culture, news, and entertainment. Hello and welcome to Sphinx Radio. I'm your host, Henry Stewart. I serve as Assistant Executive Director for Marketing and Public Relations for Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Sphinx Radio is the official podcast of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, the nation's oldest intercollegiate fraternity for African-American men. In our initial podcast, our guest today is Executive Director Dr. Jamie Riley. Brother Riley is here today to talk with us about some of the new regulations. Uh, as we head into the new fraternal year, there's some new things that we all need to know so that we make sure that we're being safe as we do our work, as we have a good time together, and as we service the community. Welcome, Brother Riley. Thank you, Brother Stewart. First of all, I want to thank you and congratulate you and the team for implementing this new podcast. I think it's a phenomenal uh, opportunity for the brothers to learn in a new way. So, Brother Riley, let's get right into it. So, one of the the newest things about a the fraternal regulations is our special events policy. To my knowledge, uh, and I've only been in Alpha 19 years, um, so there may be some things that came before me, but I don't think we've ever had a special events policy before, have we? No, so you're actually correct. This is the first time that we've had one. So a couple few changes. Uh, The fraternal regulations are now called the Official Membership Policies and Procedures Manual. And this is an updated document that expands fraternity policies and procedures and provides guidance on how those policies and procedures should be executed uh, from the chapters, the regions, the districts, and the areas. Uh, Our special events policy is new, and it really seeks to help reduce the risk that brothers and chapters experience by holding fraternal events. Uh, Some of the things that are a little bit different in this policy is that now when working with third-party promoters, uh, it will be required that you as a chapter are listed as an additional insured on the third-party promoter's insurance certificate. So what is the third-party promoter? Sometimes folks ask, if you are trying to have a party, particularly our college brothers would know about this, if you're trying to have a party and the the venue, the club needs $10,000 and you don't have $10,000, you'll typically find a promoter who will upfront the money for you and they will collaborate in the party with you. Uh, Going forward, the only way you can do that is if that promoter is insured and lists the chapter as an additional insured on their policy. Um, that has to be turned in with the special event checklist that chapters are already filling out. And so everyone should remember the special event checklist is due 21 days before your event. And going forward, it should also include the party promoter listing you as an additional short for that event. So, Brother Riley, I want you to speak some more about why why is this necessary now? Because, you know, we're, we're an old organization and some of us have been doing things the way we've been doing them since the founders. I mean, Kind of explain to the brothers, why do we do this now? I mean, what, what caused this? No, that's a great question. I, you know, the landscape of fraternity and sorority life across the country has changed. Um, if you've watched the news over the past three to five year, years, you've seen that there have been uh, high-level events related to um, parties or alcohol where collegians um, primarily have um, even experienced death or fatal injury or any sort of uh, crises related to events. And so insurance carriers and um, organizing activism groups have called for more stringent policies to help regulate and to reduce um, harm. And so our overall uh, purpose in these policies are really to protect the safety of our brothers and attendees at our events. They are not meant to be restrictive or to uh, change the culture and nature of your chapter, but to ensure that you're protected in case something happens. There is one other thing about the policy I do want to mention. 
Um, in the past, uh, we didn't really have a policy around security. Uh, going forward, if you have an event that you're anticipating a, a guest attendance list of over 100 or more, um, you are required to have security there for every 100 guests. Um, and so that needs to be considered moving forward. The reason why is because security are there to be able to help to, um, to ensure that cer certain situations don't escalate. Um, and they can really be a stopgap between uh, something becoming a major crisis and something being able to be managed uh, by uh, the facility and the security. So those are the main two changes, the third party promoter uh, being listed on your insurance and then the need for security. Uh, the policy goes in more detail, but you know these ideally are not huge impacts to chapters. Okay, thanks, Brother Riley. I think I understand it a little bit better now. And so you're essentially saying that uh, if we do a party with a promoter, they have to list us on their insurance. And then also for every 100 people that we expect that we should have a security person. So what kind of security are you talking about? Because sometimes the bras at the door are doing security. I mean, so explain to me what you mean by security. Not the bras at the door. So, no, I appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, so there's there are various types. The two main types of security we're talking about are certified security uh, companies and then an armed officer. So an armed officer is a security guard that is uh, licensed to carry um, and that can escalate and have direct contact uh, with uh, the local police department. And so it's recommended in this policy that an armed officer is present for events of 100 or more. At least one. After that, a general security company can be there. Um, and if the bras have a security company that's insured and licensed, and we want to keep keep the uh, business in the fraternity, then they are more than welcome to provide that service for us. All right. Thanks, Brother Riley. So while we're on the subject of parties and having a good time and being safe, uh, I also understand that there is a policy regarding alcohol. So I guess we're at the party. We're safe. But now we talk about who got the drinks. So, uh, Brother Roddy, talk to us some more about the alcohol uh, and drugs policy that's in the new regulations. No, absolutely. And I want to also reiterate, I'm not going to go through it because it is this policy and these, these policies that we're talking about today are pretty in-depth. Uh, so I want to make sure that I give you the highlights. The alcohol policy is, again, really to seek how we protect those who attend our events um, and the attendees uh, that are there, our guests. Uh, some basic premises around the policy is, of course, no alcohol should be allowed in any intake activities. Um, alcohol should not be purchased through the chapter's treasury. Uh, we are a registered entity as a 501c7, and so alcohol is not, um, should not be permitted uh, and cannot be purchased using chapter funds. Um, the two ways, so because we are a solution-based team here at the headquarters, the two ways that alcohol can be available during events or in general is either following BYOB procedures, which are bring your own beverage, or following a third-party vendor system. Uh, most brothers are probably most familiar with the third-party vendor system, which basically means you go out and you get uh, a vendor that can serve alcohol that's licensed, that has an ABC license, that can sell alcohol at your event. Um, and there are some, the policy outlines how that should be done and the restrictions around that. The BYOB is basically outlining how you as an individual can bring in alcohol to pull a collective consortium of liquor that everyone has the ability to drink from. Um, so that basically means that if a chapter is having an event and every brother brings a case of beer and then there's a system put in place where everyone is able to pull from that case of beer. 
A lot of times I get questions on like, why is this an issue? You have to think about it. If the fraternity, if a chapter has an event and someone is served that's underage and they leave and they're, it's found that they've been drinking, we can be held liable. At the same token, if someone leaves an event where we've been serving alcohol and have not had systems to control that and a fatal or a serious crisis happens with them, we also will be held liable for that as well. Um, and so these two procedures are really to help, again, to protect the brothers and to protect those participants. So, again, it's BYOB, bring your own beverage, and the policy outlines that, or it's using a third-party vendor to actually distribute the drinks at your event. Let me follow up to that, Brother Wright. So what if uh, I'm a brother in the alumni chapter and we have a liquor sponsor? Is that off limits now? <laughs> Uh, that's a good question. Um, the liquor sponsors should be considered a third, should be part of the third party vendor system as well. Um, and so the policy will outline more specifically. I won't go into details because that's a case by case scenario that will need to be worked with the headquarters. But if you have a liquor sponsor, um, they should be noted as an additional insured and you should be noted on insurance with them as well. Um, but we can work with you through that. All right, brother. So essentially, Brother Raleigh is saying you need to, you either need to bring your own bottle, you need to have someone. A beverage that's held in a bottle, uh, so, or you need to have a third-party uh, vendor who is licensed. Let's say that again: licensed brothers, not just somebody who has a case of beer, but licensed to distribute it if we're selling it, um, so that we're able to protect both ourselves and our guests. So, brother Riley, as a, we're only two regulations in, and I'm realizing that a lot of these regulations are about mitigating risk. Um, is there a concerted effort on our part to do that as a fraternity? And if so, could you kind of give us some more background on that? Absolutely. So one additional resource into, uh, in addition to the official membership policies and procedures manual, we've established uh, a new committee, the Committee on Risk Management, Education and Prevention. Um, and that committee is chaired by Brother Canton Reynolds out of North Carolina. I'm sorry, I should say Brother Dr. Canton Reynolds out of North Carolina. Um, and that committee is really focused on providing uh, education, curriculum and passive campaigning around awareness around certain risk areas. Um, the areas of risk that the committee will focus on is alcohol and drugs, hazing, prevention, of course, uh, Title IX and sexual assault, uh, youth activities, and then special events. And so in those five subcommittees, that group will create regular and ongoing ways to engage our brothers in education awareness and will also help to advise myself and the board of directors on the establishment of new policies and procedures. So we're excited for this new resource. This is the first time the fraternity has had such an orchestrated committee um, around this focus, and we look forward to new initiatives from them beginning this fall. All right, information is power, brothers. So hopefully this new committee will be able to arm us with information and so that we don't do the wrong thing just because we literally didn't know any better. So the last regulation uh, that I want to bring attention to and I want Brother Riley to talk about um, has to deal with uh, sexual harassment and misconduct and then child neglect and abuse. Uh, it's a long title. It's a really heavy issue, uh, but Brother Riley, break it down for us in terms of what are the regulations associated with these areas? I mean, it's a, it's a sticky area. A lot of us don't like to talk about it, but um, be gentle and, and kind of talk about uh, how we need to act going forward. You know, I appreciate you setting up, like, because this is a policy that is very sensitive. And a lot of us know over the past couple of years with some of the incidents that happened at Penn State and other um, institutions that 
Um, organizations that engage with youth have had to be more intentional about putting parameters around that. Um, and given our longstanding history of service to our communities um, and our national programs like Project Alpha, Go to High School, Go to College, um, we've uh, LDI, the Leadership Development Institute, uh, we do a lot of mentoring with youth, but had not unfortunately had the parameters, official parameters in place. Um, so this policy is probably the most in depth. Um, of course, I have to say, I need you to read all of them. Uh, word by word, but this policy particularly, I'm definitely going to encourage chapter leadership uh, and brothers to read this one and become very comfortable with it. Uh, the parameters around it that I'll speak of today really just provide direction on how a brother can either report or be supported if uh, sexual harassment occurs or he encounters sexual harassment as a member of the fraternity. And there's the, the procedures of how to report that in the investigation process of that that's outlined in the policy. Uh, the areas that directly connect with youth are probably the most, um, most the highest level change that we've experienced. Um, and so there's about three or four main things that brothers need to know going forward. Going forward, no uh, brother should be, should be with a child uh, alone. Um, and so in the, con in the idea of uh, working with youth, there's a concept called the rule of three, which means that one adult or two adults and one child is fine, two children and one adult is fine, but one adult and one child um, is not permitted. Um, and that's because we need to be able to have multiple individuals there if there ever was any type of accusations and just to make sure that there's always a backup uh, and a different perspective provided. And that's called the rule of three. And so when you think about some of our programs, if you're mentoring youth, it's, it's a good idea, a good practice to have two, take two of your mentees out when you're engaging with them or invite another brother along with you and your mentee um, to ensure that you're following the rule of three. Uh, the other major change is that all volunteers, so a lot of times uh, brothers will invite um, individuals to our service projects um, to engage with youth. Um, all volunteers must be checked through the sex offender website. That is a free service and it is an alternative to actually doing background checks to confirm that we've checked that all volunteers um, are not listed on the sex offender website. The policy also gives instructions on what you should do if you do recognize that an individual um, has been listed on the sex offender website. Um, but for the sake of this conversation, if they have, they are not permitted to engage in any of our mentoring programs with youth. Um, those are the major changes with this policy. Again, I would encourage uh, when uh, brothers look through the manual, the policies are numbered, that they review this one and really start to think about their operations and their programs to ensure they have the infrastructure in place to align with this policy. Wow. Uh, thanks, Brother Riley. That was a lot of information. Brothers, I, I think that it's incumbent upon all of us to to actually read these policies. Uh, I know that a lot of times we can get caught up doing what we do and we have the best intentions, but sometimes uh, we protect ourselves best when we inform ourselves. So I would encourage all of you to check out the regulations. They'll be posted both in Alphanet and on the Alpha Phi Alpha website. Um, and so if you have questions in the interim, you can contact the corporate office. Uh, you can contact admin at apa1906.net. Uh, uh, <laughs> should know that. Um, and so we'd be happy to answer your questions. But also, brothers, we want you to make sure that you spread this like you spread everything else, um, that there's a new way that we're doing business. As we head into the new fraternal year, we know that there are a lot of programs that are that are being planned and that we're going to execute both in terms of our events, in terms of parties, but also our mentorship programs. And we want to make sure that we protect ourselves the best way that we can. So, Brother Riley, any closing thoughts on the regulations or any final admonishments that you'd like to give the brothers? 
No, brother, I think you did a great job of summing that up. I would just add that, you know, our overall approach is to ensure that we can function at high efficiency as an organization and allow some of our more traditional programs and initiatives to happen in a safe and healthy way. So we hope that you see these policies um, in this way. If you have specific questions at the local level, we encourage you to work with your um, chapter leadership, your area and district leadership, and even your regional leadership if you have particular questions. Uh, we're always here to support you, and these policies are amendable. So we do, uh, we will be taking formal and informal ways to assess effectiveness, and we'll communicate any changes. But uh, we thank you for your compliance, brothers, and, and hope that uh, this helps you to move forward in your activities in a way that's uh, helpful and safe. Thanks, Brother Raleigh. We appreciate you being our first guest on Sphinx Radio. This is a podcast that will be ongoing. We will engage you in topics both inside and outside the fraternity. We will engage the best and the brightest about issues affecting the entire black male diaspora. So we hope that you'll tune in. Uh, our next episode will be coming to you soon. Stay tuned to our social media pages, both our Facebook and our Instagram, as we'll advertise future episodes. But until then, brothers, we ask that you be safe and that you keep holding the light high. Thanks, brothers. <laughs>